Shalom, and Shalom. welcome back to the Never Too Young podcast. Uh, my name is Max Ellis. I'm very excited if you've joined us to listen today. I've got a, a very special guest, a very special guest, uh, the man, the myth, the the chaplain, Ray Rainey. Ray, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. I'm, I'm excited to have you. We've got a, a special conversation planned. Yes. Uh, Ray and I, about two weeks ago, got back from the Holy Land, Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ray led a trip and I was, I was blessed enough to join him on that trip. Um, so Ray, real quick, before we get started too deep into the Holy Land discussion, you tell us who you are, what you do at the Simple Church, what you do for the state police. Uh, let us get to know you. Okay. Uh, so I am part-time at Simple Church, uh, pastoral care, kind of helped Brian Reed out a lot. And, um, and then I'm part-time with the Louisiana State Police. I, uh. I'm over all the chaplains for the state. We have currently have 27 chaplains across the state, and I'm responsible wow. for all those guys. And so uh, it's a fun gig. I get to travel all over the state, and uh, I tell people I got the best job in the world. I ride with troopers all the time, so I get to experience what they experience. Yeah. No responsibility, no paperwork. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you, if you ever watch Ray's Hope Live, on Wednesday mornings, every once in a while, he's got a Hope Live driving to or in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. There we go. Yep. So, Ray, if you tell us um, kind of your testimony, how you came to know Jesus, um, and, and from there, how you joined ministry, because I think your journey to being a pastor is not the average story that we hear every day. Well, no doubt about that, because I became a Christian uh, because of a divorce wow. and started going to church for the first time in my life. So after the divorce and started going to church, uh, became a Christian, asked Jesus into my heart. And it wasn't maybe two years after that where I realized that God was calling me into the ministry. I fought it. Right. Um, didn't want to because I didn't think who's going to hire me because I've been divorced. Yeah. And didn't have uh, any seminary. So I started working at First Baptist Bossier for free. Okay. Wow. For, for two years. And um, at first, they told me I really wasn't going to make it in ministry. And I told John Hagler, because he's the one that told me that. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him wow. and I said, I'm going to show you, you joker, is <laughs> what I told him. <clears throat> and so I did. And so they ended up hiring me and worked there for, I don't know, 15 years, maybe something wow. like that. And then. And you were the singles pastor, correct? Singles pastor, senior adult pastor. Uh, facilities. Wow. Pastor, you did it all. And then ended up before I left the administrative pastor or executive pastor. Wow. For two years and ended up going to a stream of Baptist church as their administrative pastor for, and I was there for four years okay. and then got called back up here and at first Bossier. And now I'm back at, uh, I'm at simple church. There we go. So we're glad to have you, Ray. We're glad that thank you. So it all led to here. This yeah. is a, pretty good gig for us point. to right. it's, it's an honor for us to have you well, at the you. simple church we're very lucky um so you've been all you've done all the things you've lived a life outside of ministry you've been in ministry uh, a volunteer uh administrative all these different kind of uh places so when was your first trip ever to israel first trip was 1998 okay and this was who led this trip fred lowry okay and uh, I got to go with Eddie Faith. Eddie Faith and I were roommates. Oh my, well, that's how roommate. I am. My roommate, Eddie there Faith. You 
Very if you're fun. listening, Eddie. There you go. You don't so, snore, but that's okay. <laughs> we had a great time, Eddie and I. We really got to know each other during that trip, and um, I just fell in love with the country, fell in yeah. love with you know the people there mm. and the history, the the culture, the uh, well. I mean, it's where Jesus walked. Why wouldn't you want to be? It's there? yeah, it's a, a a special place, and and to you know go into a falafel shop or something for lunch and and be sitting, and the floor that you're on is a 2700 year old floor is a pretty cool thing to experience oh, yeah. outside of the spiritual just the mm-hmm. history behind it is exactly. is fascinating enough yeah. um so you you answered that you you told me this before we got started but if you so out of the the five trips so after your first trip the the four that you've taken you've you've been the leader on all of those trips <clears throat> um not there was one well yeah i guess i have i was gonna say because i went one time and did a dig okay um we went to tell gezer and there was a well that the Canaanites had mm-hmm. there, and we were digging a tunnel down to the well uh, cavern. Right. And um, we were there for 10 days doing that. Of course, we did a little touring, but uh, I led a group of 10 guys over there. And we so we got ready to leave, and the next team that came in after mm-hmm. us got into the cavern. Wow. So, so we close. would have been there just two more days. Right. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, so yeah, um, four, four trips I've led. Wow. And so you told me this before, but we'll, we'll reenact our conversation. So out of these five trips that you've taken to Israel, which trip has been your favorite? This by far was the best for lots of reasons, lots of reasons. Um, small group, it's easier to Mm -hmm. manage, you know, and I'll go into all the sites, getting on off the bus, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we had an excellent guide yes. this time. Very personable, very knowledgeable, um, funny. Funny, you know? very funny. Yeah. yeah, he was he was on a roll. Oh yeah, so so that always makes it good, you know, right? When you have a good guide, and uh, like I said, a small group, and and this was the first trip. I'm have to brag on everybody, where when we'd say, okay, everybody be at the bus at seven thirty. Everybody's at the bus at seven. Right. That's never happened. Nobody before. was late. Even the tour guide mentioned that. If you he, he said he yeah he, he said, said never had a group like that before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I wanted to tell him I put the fear of God in all of everybody <laughs> before we left, but <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. So but we I, talked about it. I have to ask: <clears throat> Am I the youngest person you've ever taken Israel? You are definitely the youngest person. There we go. But see. You're blessed. You got to go on two senior trips in one. Right. I went my senior trip and with senior adults. adults. There we go. That worked out pretty well for me. A lot of wisdom on that bus. There was. A lot more than I think. Great people. Great group. I mean, so I I knew, I think, less than half of the people before the trip. Okay. Um, Because I knew the Allreds. I knew Eddie and Elizabeth. I knew the Porters. You guys and the Haglers Mm -hmm. and Charlotte Gomez. But other than that, everybody else, all the the first Bozier folks that went, and even like I really didn't know Donna Dooley. Um, so it was a for me. I was I was worried a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm an I'm a kid mm-hmm. going with with adults. No, you're not a kid. Well, thank you, but you know I'm a, I'm a student. We'll say, and um, going with all of them, not knowing a lot of people, and so I was I was nervous that I was gonna be uncomfortable or just kind of. Eh, the whole time, but it was, I mean, it blew my expectation. I had very high expectations for the trip, but it blew my expectations out of the water. 
I was never, never concerned about that because I know you. And I knew that you were going to be blown away at what you were seeing and experiencing. And none of that stuff would have mattered. Yeah. But um, you're, you are a mature young man. Well, you thank you. You're not a kid and you're not a student in my mind. Well, thank you, Ray. I mean, it was, and I, I will say it didn't, it turned out that I loved spending time with all of those people on the trip. There were nobody that I didn't get along with or didn't, or wouldn't spend more time with. Uh, it was, it was awesome. So it was a, it was a pretty cool group, a very, I think it, the group was on purpose, I think is the point I'm trying to make Mm -hmm. that there was no mistake that all of those people were placed there for a reason on that trip. Oh yeah. Um, so that was pretty special. And that's always the case. You always have people. That's why I take people. That might've been one of your questions. Why do I go? Why do I keep going? Because I want to take people to experience the Holy land, to experience what's there, to walk where Jesus walked. I love to go and to watch everybody's emotions and faces and just how they're overwhelmed with what they're seeing and experiencing. Right. And, um, because it is an overwhelming trip the whole time. I, yeah. I get asked, you know, people ask me how it went. And I, I say, if, if I wasn't crying or about to cry, it was because I was too dehydrated to cry. Mm-hmm. Like the whole trip, no matter where you are, there's a, an emotional experience there and an, and an encounter with God that we can encounter God anywhere at home. But it's pretty special to be able to encounter him there and to know the purpose behind why he did things there, why this was the place that he chose. Because if, if he wanted to, Jesus could have been in Texas. Exactly. But there was a purpose behind that place, and that's a really special thing to experience. Well, and there's a purpose why God chose the Jews right, to be his people. Because, like he's told them many times, y'all are stiff-necked people, yeah. stubborn, hard-headed, and, but he chose them for a reason. Yep. So... Um, so, yeah, I like to tell people you go there, and after you go there, when you read the Bible, every inch of the Bible, you see it 3D. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a visual of what that place was, right. what it looked like, and maybe some of the history. And like you said, some of the reasons why things happen the way that they happen. Right. You know, you understand all that better. The pieces of the puzzle are put together. When we just did a, my first block at school was a Bible as a literature class, and we just did a project about all the missionary journeys of Paul. And one of the, the, the things we were talking about is a lot of people think, well, he was redeemed, so he became Paul. Well, he was, it just became, nobody said your name is now Paul because you're a Christian. It was just, it was almost like Nathaniel and Bartholomew. It was just, it was just an interchangeable name, and I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But then we started talking about how from Simon to Peter was a name change. Mm-hmm. But that name makes so much more sense when you see Israel, oh, because yeah. it goes from just being, you're the rock upon which I'll build the church, to there's a reason he was referred to as rock. You look at that landscape and there's rocks everywhere Mm -hmm. and where there's not rocks, there's the shifting sand. And so that was a, a really fascinating experience for me. Um, just because you, you do everything. I mean, we in life group last night, we were talking about, we were in, uh, one of the Corinthians and just thinking about Paul. And we saw the first day we were in Israel, a prison where he was held Mm. And you just, those things, they just come alive because it doesn't become so something that's so out of touch or something that seems so, oh, that's not possible, or, or it, it seems so far away when you've been there and when you've stood on those roads and, and, and been on that same ground. It's a, a powerful thing. Very much. And, 
and like you said, every house, every synagogue, every everything in Jerusalem is built with rocks. Right. And so it makes total sense. After yes. You see that. So you said this last trip was your your favorite so far. Mm-hmm. How does it compare to you? Now I know the 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 time difference from 1998. You said to to 2023 is a big difference, and you have said a lot of things have changed in Israel. But what's the how do the two trips compare? Your first trip where you were there learning, right? You first time, and and you weren't the leader of the trip. To now having led three other trips before, and this kind of being the your favorite so far. What's the how 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 do they compare? What's the biggest takeaways from the first trip compared to the second one? What have you learned differently? All that. I mean, there's so much information. Every mm-hmm. place you go, there's so much to take in. So you might hear one thing, just like when reading the Bible, you might pick up on one thing when you read it, mm-hmm. and the next day you pick it up and you read, you something else comes out of it. Right. And I, that, I feel like that's the way it is when you go. Um, it's just always something new. Mm-hmm. I even learned a couple of new things this time that I haven't before, right. haven't heard before. Or maybe they were said and I just didn't hear. Right. Well, and that was what was fascinating to me was not only how much things have changed. When was the last time you went before this trip? Three years ago. So just in three years, how much has changed that you guys, those of you that have been before, would talk about? Um, But even more was how much, you know, as I was learning everything, I'm thinking, okay, well, everybody else who's been here already knows this. But how much you or Eddie uh, would talk about you know, that you were still learning so much. There was a lot that, like you said, either that you missed or didn't see it that way the first time or the second time, whatever, um, or how much was just new information because, like our guide was saying, every day they're uncovering something new. Every day they're finding something new that relates to Scripture or tells us the, the fascinating thing I think about Israel is that as they continue to learn more about Israel, they are learning more about Scripture, mm-hmm. right? Because somewhere yeah. that the Bible tells us about that we can't see, even if you go to Israel, you might not be able to see physically. Well, in two, three years from now, they might uncover that exact place. And it, it helps us to learn more about Scripture and why things are the way they are in the Bible. And that's such a, a powerful thing. And it, it really does, like you said, it changes how you read the Bible, changes how you understand Scripture. Um, and it's just mind-blowing everywhere that you go because it goes from somewhere that almost feels like heaven, right, unreachable, to, well, he he was here. This is where it happened. This is where he did it. And that was like the pools of Bethesda. Blew my mind to just be there and to know, I mean, miracles were performed right here. That's something very special to experience. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm always, I mean, each time you go, you're going to learn something different, something new. And so I'm kind of excited about going back one more time. One more. One more time. Well, You're going with me, too. I, I'm I'm ready. I'm there. Okay. I mean, right. well, I'll have to figure out a way to get out of school again, but but I'm ready to go. Okay. I'll figure it out. Because I'm, I mean, when we got back, I had prom that next day. I was exhausted. I was, but I was, as I was falling asleep that night, I was like, man, I'm I'm ready to go back. Let's do this again. I mean, I'm tired. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of a walking and, and moving, and you're up early and late at night. Um, but it's so worth it. And I just, I, every once in a year, somebody will stop me still. I mean, people are like, how's Israel? And I just don't even know what to say. Cause you can't put it into a quick couple of sentences to tell the person that's just walking past you. Um, the only time I've been able to put any of those experiences really into words was 
life group last week when I kind of got the opportunity to talk for an extended period of time because somebody will ask me at, at school and I'm just like, how much time do you have? Because I need hours of your time to to describe the experience because it's just so special. It is, and it's and people ask me that too. How was the trip? How was your trip? And I'm going, it was amazing. Un, it was unbelievable, you know, right. one of the best. Um, so, yeah, it, it would take a while to sit down and describe just how wonderful it is. And, and again, the, the relationships that you build on trips like right. that, you know. So it's, it's a good thing all the way around. Yeah, and it was like we talked about it at Life Group because Ray Lynn has been and kind of that you really can't fully describe what it's like. You have to go to you know it's not a thing where it's like you must go you know it's part of your faith journey that if you don't go you're gonna miss out on something god has for you because you if he wants to teach you something he's gonna he's gonna put you where he wants to teach you but there's truly no way there's no pictures no video no facetime or phone call or sermon that could describe what it's like to really experience it especially because i think every experience is so individual like, I don't remember where John Hagler said his most emotional kind of spot was, but I remember what he said to me was not as impactful. But then I, the places that were very impactful for me maybe weren't the same for him. And so everybody right. kind of has that that different spot. Because um, like John said, Garden of Gethsemane for him was not top of his list, but that was... My number one or number two, that was a very powerful spot for me. Yeah, mine too. Always that place. So that, you'd say that's your favorite? One of the favorite. My other favorite is the um, where Pilate confronted Jesus and asked Jesus those questions, are you the king of the Jews? Yes. And Jesus said, "If you, that's what you say I am, who you say I am. And, and he said, but I'm here to testify to the truth. And then Pilate said, what is the truth? And I'm getting chills right now mm-hmm. thinking about it because he had the truth standing next to him. Just right there. Wow. And he, like you said, when you did your devotional there, he, he just missed it by that much. Yeah. I mean. Sad. Yeah. And I think that I think that was my most emotional spot was, was when we were sitting down there. Um, and I just couldn't, I mean, I, I really didn't try and hold it together at all on that trip, but I really just kind of broke because it was... And to see on the ground the carving where the soldiers would, would gamble for the clothes, that was, um, can't put into words. No, you really you can't. can't. And it's. And we did devotions just for people listening. You do a devotion at almost every site right. that we go to. And you did an amazing job. Thank you. At your, with your devotion. But I try to gear the devotions to get the people to think about themselves Mm -hmm. to think about where they are in their relationship with the Lord and what are they going to do with that relationship when they come back here? Right. It's like I shared with them, you know, used to, we would say, well, we're going to church on Wednesday night because we want to get our batteries recharged. Right. Well, hopefully after that trip, your batteries are pretty darn charged. Yeah. And so that you come back and that you recognize and realize that we're put here to make a difference Mm -hmm. and to be his hands and feet. And so hopefully a trip like that will help you understand that and see that. Right. And be more motivated to do that. Right. To and live I, it. And, and so I think even just talked about landscape. But, you know, as we drive places on the bus, knowing that because of Jesus or because of a calling that was put on 
somebody's life in the Bible. They did all this walking. Mm. They were walking everywhere. I mean, it was it was pretty hard just the walking that we did. I can't imagine doing it with sandals. With sandals, with, with no water, no cell phone, no sunglasses, uh, no whispers. No whispers. Um, but they had a good mood. They always a good <laughs> mood, and that was that's something that's so to think that they wandered through the desert for forty years, or or just the walk to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those things are are powerful because some of the things you know you think. Okay, well, Peter traveled from here to here. In the when you're reading the Bible, you don't think that's it. You're like, okay, he traveled here to here. What is he going to do in this new place? But after you're able to go to Israel and see the distance, right? That simple sentence in the Bible of Peter went from here to here becomes something so much more powerful and becomes such a testament to his love for Christ and Christ calling on his life and what Christ can do through you when you trust in Him, when you allow Him to take over your life. Right. Exactly. And but think about it, they. You know, didn't have a paved road to travel right. on. I mean, it was up and down, and those were some pretty steep hills. They were pretty, and I, I mean, I was impressed just seeing the that the shepherds who were actually out there when we drive by that they're they're out there doing that work. Um, so that was that was pretty powerful to me just to think about all the things in the Bible that I don't want to say we skip over, but we just take as okay, he traveled next. What where is he going? What's he doing at this place? But you realize that the travel itself was a was a hardship was mm-hmm. something that they endured or, or Jesus endured for us. Um, so there was, was a commitment. They were devoted to what yes. they were doing. And that's the same way we should be, you know, uh, think about that all the time because we are so distracted. Hmm. You know, they think of all the things they could have been distracted with right. all the elements, you know, but they weren't, they were focused on what, where they needed to go and what they needed to do and who they needed to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that was the Lord. So is there anything different? You you said you're taking one more trip. Now, when when you first told me about this trip, you said it was your last. And uh, and then you decided that you're going to take another one, which I'm I'm all for. I support. I think you got to take three more trips. I mean, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, but so you decided to take a, another one more trip that you want to lead. Um, is there anything you would do differently that you might change maybe that you have done on previous trips that you didn't do on this one or that you just want to do altogether different i think this next time uh after this trip because there were two days that everybody was pretty wore out yeah i think i might sit down and try to reschedule some of those stops Mm -hmm. to where it won't be so difficult on everybody kind of spread them out a little bit more because we did have a little extra time on friday Mm -hmm. or yeah friday or Thursday. Thursday, Friday yeah. Here, Friday, the Thursday there. Yeah, it was the whole time. <laughs> the last day, we'll say. Yeah, the last day. So uh, just kind of spread some of that out a little bit, I think, might help. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's a, but to an extent, to the, to, it's almost a good thing. Not, those two days were real difficult. But just in general, that every day is, it, none of the, that last day was, was easy, I can say. Like, we went two or three places, but every day is, it's a lot of walking. It's a lot of traveling. You're on the move a lot, but I, I, I enjoyed that part. Not only cause you know, you're getting exercise. You're, you're, when you hit the bed at night, you're tired, which is a good thing. Um, but it's also, I mean, it, it teaches you, I think through that, you know, you're enduring, you know, you, the whole trip, I'd be like, I'd be thinking, Oh man, it's hot or oh, my feet kind of hurt or whatever. And I'm like, well, there are worse things, you know, there, that, that Jesus endured, 
much more for us. And even the disciples, whether, I mean, Old Testament, New Testament, throughout the Bible, all of these people that are a testament to God's goodness, they all experienced, I think, a little worse than walking an hour and then getting back on the bus to drive. Yeah, with a big bottle of water and air condition. Right. Yeah. So Sunglasses, hats, Bibles, whispers, and good mood. And a good mood. Good mood. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so, also, gotta, I'm sure Eliav is listening. I'm sure he is. But you said he's the best guide you've had by far. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, of, I mean, well-rounded, put it that mm-hmm. way. Well-rounded, knowledgeable. Uh, he, I think he really cared about us. I agree. You know? I think he wanted us, to, I think you could tell he wanted us to get the most out of the trip. He engaged, mm-hmm. I think, a lot more than I've seen other guides do mm-hmm. with us. So just very personable, you know, talking about his family and kids mm-hmm. and um, all of that. So he was, just, he was, it was a hit. Mm-hmm. I was worried because I didn't, you know, didn't know anything about him. And I was going, oh, no. This well, I was thing. worried because I remember you talking about the guides that you'd had before and how great they were. And I was like, oh, man, it's going to be the trip that I get to go on that it's a dud. It's a dud. Like we told him. Yeah. Um, now, the last guide we had was, he was great. He was mm-hmm. good. And I have no complaints. But I, I really like, like I said, Eliav was r- well-rounded guide, very knowledgeable, friendly, funny. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was good. And I, I was impressed with just how much he knew that was just, even if it was just history, even if it wasn't necessarily biblical. But, you know, post-Jesus, post Revelation, you know, Bible's written and done, but all the things that he just knew after that. And I thought, I mean, we'd get on the bus to drive somewhere. All right, we've got an hour and a half drive, and I'd be like, all right, this is a good time for me to sleep. And I, he'd be, he'd start talking about something. I'd go to sleep, and I would wake up an hour later, and he'd still be talking and still just spewing knowledge. He told me one day, he said that he felt called to do what he's doing, hmm. wow. and I think that's important for for everyone. Yeah. Whatever you're doing in life, know that you're called to do that Mm -hmm. or you're going to be miserable. Yeah. And you'll be more successful if you feel the call, especially from God, to do Mm -hmm. what it is you're doing. Um, I had a chance last week to talk to my chaplains across the state, Mm -hmm. and that's the question I asked them. I said, do you feel called to be a chaplain for the state police? And I said, because if you're not, you're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. You're going to fail. Yeah. And I think that applies to any um, job position, whatever in yeah. life. And and on the the flip side, that when God calls you to something, if you try and do something else, none of it's going to work out until you do what he has for you. Exactly. Um, if he calls you to, to preach, that's the only thing you're going to be able to do. If he calls you to serve in another way, that's the only thing you're going to be able to do because it's what he has in store for you. It's the plan that he has for you. And kind of like you talked about in your testimony, uh, no matter how much you try and push it away for how long, eventually it will come around and it will be something that is going to weigh on you. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and you could tell with Eliab that was a calling that he cared like that. He wasn't just like, and now this man, blah, blah, blah. He was, he was excited. I mean, he's getting up on his chair. He's, he's ready and engaging and, and however frustrated he might've been with Teresa Hagler for knowing all the answers before he did. But, uh, he, I agree. You could really tell that there was a, a passion that he had for it. And a lot of people, I don't know if you ever get this question, but before I went to Israel and even when I got back, the question was, was this a mission trip? Are you going to Israel on a mission trip? And I would just be like, no, it's a it's a 
a pilgrimage, right? We're, we're going around in these places and it's a mission trips are more outwardly focused. This is a more like me and God kind of trip. That's how I saw it when I right. first was thinking about it. I was like, this is a, I'm going to take this time to, to encounter with God, which you do on a mission trip, but it's through other ways, right? When right. you go to Juarez, you're building houses or giving out shoes and you kind of connect with God through that. But what he said, what Eliav said to us, I thought this was a really good point that it is a mission trip because he said that the way that we act as Christians, the way that we love, the way that we interact with people, the way we carry ourselves is bringing people to Christ who live in Israel because they just don't see that, right? I mean, it's a primarily Jewish nation and a lot of uh, Muslims, and so they don't see that Christ-like love a lot. And so we are able to to be the ones to to show that to them, even if it's just through a week and a half where just smiling at them. I noticed that mm-hmm. people don't smile at each other there, right? Um, unless some there's some connection, right? If they knew our guide or they knew you or they saw that we were a group, maybe. But for the most part, you're just walking by somebody, they don't smile at you. But I don't think anybody in our group ever stopped smiling anyway, right? Nobody ever stopped using that as an opportunity. So I thought that was a, a pretty special thing, and it was a really good point that he made that just in life, even if you don't think you're on mission, you are on mission from God, and He sent you there for a reason. And I heard a couple of stories while we were there where um, some Jews have come to know the Lord because of a group that came there mm-hmm. because they, you know, saw Christ in them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and as a result, they wanted to know what that was all about. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty special. And I, Eliab said that, I, if you remember, that there were only like 17,000 Christian Jews in the country and the Messianic Jews. Messianic yeah. Jews in the um when it first was established in, in the nineteen forty eight. Mm-hmm. And now there's over two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And he said it continues to grow. Yeah. Um which I thought yeah, I thought that was pretty special when it because it's mm-hmm. I mean So we gotta keep going. I, and I think we will, you know. People are scared to go sometimes because of all the stuff that mm-hmm. goes on. We had a terrorist attack happen to the country while we were there. Did mm-hmm. we know anything about it? Nope. No. So. No idea. Yeah. Didn't know that till you just said it. God provides. God Amen. protects. Well, and, and it's it's like you said at our, our meeting before we left. If you're scared of Israel, hey, you've been to Shreveport. It's just, I mean, you're risking it just as much. So nothing yeah. to worry about. And really, well, I mean, there was never a time where I didn't feel safe. And there was never a time where I thought, oh, this kind of feels off. The only thing that ever made me nervous is just like going to New York where you feel like somebody might take your wallet. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you're in a big city, you know, that was the only concern I ever had. There was never anything bad. No, no hotel we stayed at. So it was a it was a relief, too, because I was, I was kind of concerned. You know, I didn't know. You never know what's going to happen. No, uh, but it was smooth sailing. Well, I think it was... Um not a coincidence that you got to go. I think it was a total God thing. I agree. That you got to go because you were in the hallway mm-hmm. at, at the office one day, and I'm sitting in my office, and you made a comment to somebody that you would love to go to Israel, and I just went, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. I'm about to go. He can go with us. There we go. Well, I, and so I was about, just about to tell that story that I was – so I'm going to Ole Miss in the fall, studying public policy leadership, and Robin Horton was the one who – introduced me to that program she kind of told me about it told me to look into it and so we were she and i were talking about it and there's a professor there that and they do a study abroad program in israel and i was telling her about how i'd love to go because i wanted it to be my senior trip but my dad and i couldn't figure out who i was going to go with i mean that's a 
a big trip to just take by yourself. That's not usually something people just, it's not the beach. You don't oh, just yeah. take a trip. Um, and then you, I remember you come and saying, Hey, come talk to me in a little bit. And mm-hmm. there, I mean, it, it worked out. And so see, my thrill is that you got to go mm-hmm. and you did experience it and how it's changed your life, mm-hmm. how it's impacted your life. So that's my reward to see what God has done in and through you mm-hmm. as a result of that trip. And it's just, I mean, I'm still, every day I'm realizing more of what he taught me there. You know, thinking back to something or looking at a picture and being like, I never realized that. You know, you do learn so much that it almost overwhelms you with how much you're learning Mm -hmm. um, about the Bible, about God, about Jesus, and about yourself. Exactly. I learned a lot about myself and about what I was doing wrong, where I was on the right track, and, and, and what's to come. So I'm, I'm very, I'm, beyond thankful i can't put into words how thankful i am that i got to go that you because i didn't i didn't realize when you told me about it that it had been planned the trip had been planned and the group had been pretty set for a long time mm-hmm. um, and i didn't realize that until we were on the trip and we kind of got to talking about it so i'm over the moon that you invited me and, and yeah. let me go it was i'm so glad so thrilled that you got to go so trip of a lifetime We'll, Hopefully not we'll though. Do it again. Two years, yeah. yeah. We'll be back. Maybe next year. I don't know. Oh. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. I, I'll have to pray through that. Yeah. All right. Well, so I hate to wrap up. I think we could talk for hours more, but something we do, I, I, we've done on the all the podcasts this year on on this podcast. Uh, I ask whoever our guest speaker is if you wouldn't mind praying for the people listening, because we, you know, whether they listen the day it comes out or. Ten years from now, they find this and, and listen to it. Uh, prayer is so important. So, Ray, would you mind praying for us? Sure, I'd be glad to. Father, we come to you right now thanking you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for who you are and what you do for us day after day. So, Father, we just come to you, and I just lift up every person that's listening to this. I pl- pray, Father, that you will put a spark in their heart, a desire in their heart to go to Israel, um, just so that they can experience what we experienced and draw close to you and to see the things of the Bible so that the Bible will come alive and become more real and visual to them. So um, thank you again for who you are and uh, just allow us to be your hands and feet. And that's, again, that's one reason why I want to go is so that people can build that relationship with you and come back and to be your hands and feet, and to serve you, and to serve others, and like we talked about, talk about at Simple Church, is uh, to love God, to love people, and to solve problems. That's what life is about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Ray, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for asking me, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll, we'll catch you next Wednesday. Next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Next Wednesday.